Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Have you been feeling a little bit unsettled recently? In the last few weeks, has just something not been sitting right within you? Is there something bubbling away inside? Well, if that's the case, you're not alone. There are many people experiencing this at the moment, and today's episode is especially for you. You see, April 2021 is an interesting month when it comes to the astrology. There are three different astrological things happening this month that are really going to encourage you to dive into the darkness. So let's explore them one by one. Starting off with, and I did mention this in last week's episode, we have the full moon on the 27th of April in Scorpio. Now, if you're a regular listener to The Blessed Journey, you would have kind of hopefully grappled by now. Each time I talk about the full moons and I talk about astrology, I refer to each of the 12 zodiac signs governing one aspect of our lives. So, for example, Taurus is all about our money. Virgo is all about our physical well-being. Libra is all about relationships. Uh, Pisces, spirituality, and so on. Now, the one really interesting one out of the 12 is Scorpio. Scorpio represents the unexplored aspects of our life. And so this is a time when we start to look at things that we are yet to look at in our lives. Now, this could sometimes be referred to as you know the dark aspect of our lives or the cavernous aspect of our lives, that which for some reason we are yet to shed light on it. Now, I want to get us in the right frame of mind from the very beginning. When it comes to delving into the darkness, There has been this kind of miscommunication that the darkness or the unknown is evil or scary. There may be some fear that comes up, but it is just something that you are yet to explore. And I really want to hammer that idea that it's something that you haven't explored, haven't embraced, haven't understood fully yet. If you think back in your life, there are many times in your life when there is something ahead of you that you have no idea how you're going to tackle it. Riding a bike. Kissing someone for the first time. Driving a car. Different job roles. All these different things that we're not too sure. How on earth am I going to do that? And fear came up. And when you look forward in your life now, there's probably some other things. Maybe some personal development things. Conversations that need to be had. Serious relationship issues that need to be worked through. Any of those types of things, they all bring up fear. But Scorpio encourages us to go in to that cave of darkness. Because where is the treasure lying? There in the cave. When we keep on looking at those bits that we are yet to explore within our lives, that is where the growth comes. 
And you have two options. You can not go into the cave of darkness and you'll start to become stagnant. Or you can feel the fear and do it anyway. So when we look at things that Scorpio governs, traditionally they say sex, tax and death. Which are three things that, you know, are something that we don't talk about very, very freely. So when we're looking at sex, it's anything that we feel un- or we feel inhibited to explore. Maybe there are fantasies that you have or things that you'd like to try, um, relationships you'd like to get into. Maybe you'd like to, you know, if you're heterosexual, maybe you have this bit of a, a, a curiosity about what it would be like to be with someone from the, of the same gender. Or vice versa, maybe you're gay and have never been with someone of the opposite gender. Maybe there's other things that you'd like to explore in that way. Maybe you've just always wanted to sing on stage and you feel inhibited to do that. Then there are things that we've kept hidden. As a young child, we start to learn, we watch the reactions of other people. We learn that, oh, if I do that, my parents get angry. I'll stop doing that. And if I do this, I tend to get favorable attention. And we start to mold our behavior and change who we are from an early stage in order to be loved. But sometimes our infantile minds make wrong judgments. And we hear our parents say things like, good girls don't scream. Or good boys always have their room clean. And we start to make these judgments that, oh, if, I, if I'm messy any time or if I speak up or if I, you know, if I cry too much, then maybe I won't be loved, so I best not. I should never do that. And we write that script as a young child, but it keeps playing out as an adult because we don't go back and review the script again. There's things that we've avoided, there's things that, we've, that have hurt us in the past, and rather than find a positive way to express them, we've kept them hidden repressed and we know that all thoughts all emotions are energy and when you feel when they transit through you you can either find a way to express them and release them or we repress them and we tend to hold them in our organs especially and this can cause a whole range of different things so when the full moon is in scorpio what i always encourage people to do is i encourage them to think about what is the thing that scares you the most right now. Maybe it's having a conversation with your partner that you've never had before. Maybe it's going and doing something that you've always wanted to, but you're scared to. Because that's where the treasure is. That's where the transformation is. Maybe you just want to know what it feels like to sing, to express, I don't know, whatever that may be. It's going to be different for all of us. For me... As a someone who tends to bite their tongue, the thing that scares me the most is speaking up and saying how I really feel and upsetting people. And so what we do on the full moon of Scorpio is we sit down and we make a resolution to universe, I want to face this fear. I want to grow. I don't want this to have power over me anymore. And you can charge a candle by putting that energy in a candle and then burn that candle all, you know, for the next 14 days until the new moon comes around to release that energy of transformation, which fire has. You can send it into water and then put that water onto the earth or even drink it and imbue it and make the cyclic cycle. You can, you know, wash away fear in the shower, whatever kind of moon ritual you'd like to do. This is a great time to bring a new different growth into your life. 
that this this is probably the scariest full moon of the year because it challenges you to face your fear. Also, we have two really interesting retrogrades happening this month. Now, I got a little bit excited in a couple of um, episodes beforehand, and I thought that Pluto retrograde was happening on the new moon. Forgive me. Pluto retrograde is on the full moon, and I'll explore that in a second. Juno retrograde is on the new moon. So what is Juno retrograde? Well, first of all, let's look at the mythology of Juno. Juno was the wife of Jupiter, or Zeus. She's also known to the Greeks as Hera. Now, she was the queen of the gods, and she was one of the very first gods to ever get married. And marriage to her and that commitment to her was very, very important. She made an oath. Her word was her bond. And she really, really stood by that. And if you know anything about Greek and Roman mythology, you know that Zeus or Jupiter, well, although he was married, he had a lot of love to give and didn't really respect that oath as much. But Juno stood by him. She always respected him. And she always, she was the goddess of marriage and she she represented a love that was not about romance. It was not about having families. It was not about anything more than commitment, two souls committing to each other. And so she really stood for that. And no matter what her husband did, she stood by her word as an individual. Now, she didn't kind of sit in the corner and go, oh, my poor me, my husband cheats on me all the time as this kind of wet wipe. No, she would punish people that, you know, didn't honor the wedding vows. And there's many a story and many a myth of other gods or animals or nymphs who, you know, had had a relationship or Zeus got pregnant and whew, they suffered. They suffered in one way or another at the hands of Juno. So the asteroid, you know, this is really interesting when it comes to modern astrology. When we look at the traditional astrology, we have two feminine archetypes represented in the skies. We have the moon, which represents the mother, and Venus, which represents the lover. And it's really interesting that only those two feminine archetypes, a mother and a lover, is all that women were represented in, in that old traditional astrology. But as astrology has started to evolve... And as the we know that you know the archetypes of women are manifold, just as many as men. Um, more as more astrological bodies were kind of recognised and identified in the sky, they took on the energies of these female goddesses. So there is a major asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. So just imagine a whole bunch of asteroids, big, 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 big rocks, dancing around in the sky. And I've noticed that they do have. A pull on us. You know, we look at the influences of Pluto, Neptune and Uranus, which are far, far away from us. These asteroids are a lot closer and still rather significantly large as well. So when Juno goes into retrograde, committed relationships can get a little bit shaky. Marriages especially, or relationships especially, but it can be friendships, it can be family, it can be business as well. Now what tends to happen when relationships go rocky, when your partner starts being or a colleague or, you know, someone you're in a relationship with starts to let you down. We start keeping score, don't we? And we're like, well, if they're going to be like that, I'm going to be like this. And so you're, you you withdraw a little bit. And so what happens is they withdraw a little bit. And bit by bit, you kind of almost, you know, metaphorically stepping away from each other. 
Now, that is not the style of Juno. She stands by her word. This is my commitment. I'm going to love this man, no matter what. I'm going to love him for who he is, rather than for who he wants to be. So what? Where, although during Juno retrograde, your relationships may be challenged and you may be tempted to go, okay, well, it's their fault, blah, 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 blah. The ch- I'm going to give you the Juno retrograde challenge. So contemplate the relationships that are currently challenging in your life right now, and then commit to give your best to these people rather than withdrawing or keeping score. Live, uh, Love them for who they are and what they want to be rather than who you want them to be. And if you've given your best for the next four months, she goes out of retrograde in August, by the end of August, if the relationship is still not serving you and you have done your best, then it is probably a good idea to look at maybe doing something serious about that relationship, even ending that relationship as well. So this can be rather kind of confronting. And there's a really great video that I'm going to put in the um, notes of this episode. And I really would encourage you to watch this. Tony Robbins, amazing teacher. He takes this man kind of through this process and is basically, you know, it is that Juno retrograde challenge being talked out. And you see how the man realizes he's, you know, not happy with his wife. He's thinking about leaving his wife. But then he realizes it's not his wife doing all those you know, the bad one, that he also isn't there for his wife either. And if he can maybe give to his wife, maybe that could save the relationship. So Juno Retrograde is all about being the best partner, the best friend, the best family member, and the best colleague you can be. Because in spiritual development and spiritual growth, it is not about worrying about other people. They're just mirrors for you to learn your lessons. And this is your opportunity to not stoop low, What does um, Michelle Obama say? When they go low, we go high. Exactly that. This is your chance to be the best and to realize that if a relationship is uh, deteriorating, rather than blaming someone else, which is very disempowering for you because it's someone else's fault, you have no control over that. Go, nah, I'm going to take full responsibility for this. I'm going to give it my best. And then if it doesn't work, then I know that I gave it my best, not my worst. So that is Juno retrograde. That happened on the new moon, but that influence will still kind of um, dance around for the next couple of weeks. It's normally at the start of a retrograde and the end of a retrograde when you really feel that um, imbalance. So you may find your relationships at the moment are a little bit rocky. So then I got really excited about Pluto retrograde and Pluto retrograde is going on the same day as the full moon. So this is going to be a really epic full moon energy shift. So really hunker in that day and and look after yourself. Start the day really nicely and get yourself feeling grounded and settled. Otherwise, you may get caught up in the overwhelm and the spiral of all the energies that are dancing around. So Pluto, what do we know about Pluto? Well, from an astronomical type of point of view, um, he's far, far, far out in the very cold depths of our solar system, far away from the sun very cold and icy, um, but also has a very volcanic kind of energy in Pluto. Now, Pluto is uh, known as Hades by the Greeks. He was the god of the underworld. And so he is far, far away from the light of day. He's there in the depths of the darkness as well. When Pluto goes into retrograde, 
This is the time to explore your shadow side. These are the unexplored, the um, hidden, the um, the inhibit in, inhibitions. I don't know why I can't say that word today. Those inhibitions and all those things um, that aren't serving you for the highest good. So when Pluto goes into retrograde, what you'll find is you'll start to realize where you're not being honest with yourself and where you're motivated by things that aren't maybe the best. These motivations could be you're just doing something for the recognition, for the attention, just for the money, or the authority. Now, obviously, this is not serving you because it's serving something that comes from a, a point of fear. And often when we get it, we it doesn't quell how we feel. It doesn't fulfill us. It just gives us a hunger for more. And so what happens is Pluto helps you to realize that, hey, the only reason I'm doing that it's for attention or I'm just, you know, I'm just taking advantage of people for their money and I'm not actually contributing to the growth of humanity. And so all these things will start to bubble up in you that your motives somewhere aren't working. And that's probably why things aren't flowing freely in your life, because are your motives for your job, your business, your relationships for the greater good, or are they purely just to serve you? And when they're just serving you, that is a form of corruption and Pluto brings that to the surface and allows you to go, okay, how can I operate from a, from a deeper desire to bring more love, more hope, more light to the world? Pluto retrograde is a great time to identify where you motivate, uh, where you manipulate people or situations just for personal gain. Um, and this is really a great time to kind of start purging all that toxicity within you because we know all those energies aren't serving you. They're sitting within you, just like those negative emotions and feelings, and start to create new ways of being. Uh, with Pluto retrograde for about five months, what you'll find is it's a really great time of reckoning that allows you to do some great purging. So those are the three different things that you can, that are kind of dancing around at the moment. It's all about looking at the fears and the ulterior motives and looking at ourselves a little bit deeper. So today on the show, what I wanted to is of course we're going to talk about beautiful gifts of nature that are going to support you through this different time. So we're going to look at some different crystals and some different essential oils that will really serve you in bringing these things to light, empowering you, helping you to take these things into your own hands and so on. So I hope you're ready. Let's dive in and let's have a look. So we're going to start off with a crystal. Well actually it it's part of the mineral kingdom, but it's not actually a crystal. It's obsidian. Now, obsidian has a very strong connection to Pluto, maybe the most, the, the strongest of all the crystals. Obsidian is born through volcanic eruption, through that power and that fire within us being brought to the surface. And remember that Pluto retrograde looks at those motives or that fire that drives us within, and it brings it to the surface. Exactly the same. A volcano and Pluto retrograde on us. So obsidian is this glass that is formed through a volcanic eruption. Why it is not a crystal is it doesn't have a crystalline form. But because it was formed in such a fiery manner, then it is allowed to hang out with the crystal family because it has that great power. So obsidians help us to connect with that inner power. Now, the most common obsidian is just a plain black obsidian. And this is really great to work with, especially around the full moon, especially around Pluto retrograde, to really help you find your inner power. 
It will help you to cut away any bad habits because obsidian, when it's rough, is often sharp and it's been used as weapons and blades for hunting and warfare throughout the ages around the world wherever there are volcanoes. But we can use it to cut away energetic bonds, cords, attachments. And, you know, if there's something you know that you're attached to that's not serving you, what you can do is you can visualize it and then take that obsidian and like between, visualize that item and then visualize a cord, like an energetic cord, like an umbilical cord, connecting the two together. And then grab the obsidian and just slide it past. And like a knife or a sword, cut it and let go of that attachment. And then use that obsidian to draw in the energy you need to really find your true power, your loving power, your heart power. Now, the cool thing about obsidian is you do get some other kind of shades. I will give you a word of warning. You'll sometimes see in crystal shops things like green obsidian, blue obsidian, purple obsidian. Now, remember how I said that obsidian is volcanic glass? Well, those bright colored glasses are simply colored glass. And someone's called them obsidian. They are made in a laboratory. The colors are put in there with some kind of dye or something like that. They have very little volcanic energy about them, and I find them rather nauseating rather than powerful. However, you can get good old black obsidian. There's mahogany obsidian, which is very empowering for women, especially older women, really good for overcoming really big obstacles that you're feeling stuck on. If one of your obstacles is finding balance in your life, then snowflake obsidian, which is black, which has little white kind of snowflakey dots in it, is really powerful. But some other ones I really love, especially around Pluto retrograde, are called the sheen obsidians. And this is where, as the obsidian starts to cool from a liquid to a solid state, little oxygen bubbles get caught in it. And then as you move this obsidian from side to side, when you're holding it in your hand, you'll see the different sheens. The most common ones are gold sheen, silver sheen, and the spectacular rainbow sheen. And each of these will help to bring up a different energy in your life and help you to look at that, to explore that during this time. So gold sheen obsidian, gold being associated with the masculine, helps us to tap into our masculine side. This is a really great one for maybe people that are scared to speak up, scared to go out on their own, scared to defend themselves, to connect with that kind of warrior energy, to really bring in that masculine. Maybe you've been told that you shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't be masculine and in one way or another. Or, you know, that there's been an experience where you've had a negative experience with a masculine and so you've shied away from being anything like that. And that's causing some trouble in your life. Gold sheen obsidian will help you to bring that to the forefront and how to bring out your masculine side, regardless of what gender you identify as, the masculine side in a positive way. Silver sheen obsidian, of course, is that feminine version. So maybe you've quelled your intuition. Maybe you feel that, you know, being too feminine as a male will get you in, you know, will get you mocked or teased or excluded from different groups. Being in touch with your feelings, your emotions, your intuition, your psychic abilities, any of those things. Silver Sheen Obsidian is absolutely amazing for helping to bring them up to the surface. Rainbow Sheen Obsidian. Now, this is beautiful. You get these kind of sheens of different colors, often pinks and greens, especially in Rainbow Sheen Obsidian. This really just helps you connect with your inner joy, 
what truly serves you. And remember when I was talking about Pluto retrograde a little moment ago, I was saying how, you know, sometimes we have motives that are more for ulterior motives, for recognition or to feed the ego. They don't really bring us joy. Meditating and wearing rainbow shin obsidian helps you work out what truly makes me happy. What would bring me joy and what would serve myself and the greatest good? The next crystal of the darkness that I really want to talk about is one of my absolute favorites. It's known as Numite. N-U-U-M-M-I-T-E. Numite is found only in Greenland uh, from a place called Nuuk, N-U-U-K. It is this beautiful black crystal and it has these long strips of glitter in it. Sometimes you'll find things labeled as Numite and they have little squares of glitter in them. They're normally a granite or something else. They don't have the, you definitely won't feel the same power as you do from authentic Numite. If you're looking for authentic Numite, check out my monthly crystal sales. I make sure I get the true Numite and never have the imitation stuff that's normally um, you know, a lot cheaper, but it's granite. It's the same as what you might have on your kitchen tops at home. So Numite is a very, very old crystal and it has a very dense, deep, grounding energy. It almost doesn't just kind of connect you to the ground, it pulls you into the ground. But not in a scary way, into a nice way, into a way of, you know, like let's really hone in and look into the darkness. It, you know, Numite is definitely associated with going into a cave, a deep, deep cave in that kind of way. In there, that's where we find our power because anything that you fear has power over you. And Numite says, hey, let's explore anything that you're scared of. Let's deal with it. And so it doesn't have power over you anymore. Imagine if you were scared of nothing, even death itself. Then you could go along being quite free. Because when you fear something, you'd avoid it and it has power over you. And Numite's like, nah, we can do this. Numite also does have a really great masculine energy to it as well. It's really great for women, again, to help them bring out their masculine side. And if, as a woman, you have any issues with maybe your father or another man in your family or men in life in general or a boss or something like that, then this really helps you to deal with that. Um, it really helps you to look at, okay, what decisions have I made? How can I heal that? What can I do? And how can I, you know, maybe the reason I don't like the way they're being is because I have that within me, but I'm scared to show that. Show that in a positive way. Not only is Numite great for women, but it's a great stone for men. It's one of the most empowering stones for men as well. Now, when we think about spirituality, and I think about my experience of, you know, the courses I've run and the classes I've taught and all those different things, the majority are female. And so the new age and spirituality in this time and age sometimes can feel a bit too much like glitter and butterflies. And men don't quite know how to find their own version of spirituality. Numite allows men to find that role. Women are constantly, over the last few decades, redefining what they are. And in that time, men can sometimes feel like, ooh, where am I meant to be now? What, what, what am I meant to do? And Numite really helps you hone in to that divine masculine. Now, the divine masculine is very different from that kind of yucky patriarchal energy that we look at look at today that dominates the world. And we're like, ugh, you know, I don't like the fact that, um, you know, men, men, you know, get paid more than women, that they're very dominating, that bossy, that stiff upper lip, don't show your emotions. You know, I've even seen in my own family, one of my nephews being told, um, 
big boys don't cry. He was a two-year-old being told by his father. And I was like, how on earth is that coming from someone who, who's under 30 as a parent that's still not getting stamped out? And that, that upsets me. But that's not the divine masculine. That's not the masculine energy. That's the patriarchal energy. The masculine energy is that warrior energy that serves the greatest good, that is honest, open, confronts fears, doesn't hide fears, doesn't quell other people from showing their emotions and showing their feminine aspects. And new might really helps anyone, especially men, to stand in that kind of energy as well. So it really helps to bring some of these aspects of ourselves that we've kept hidden as well, which will come up and and will um, be surfacing. And that's why you're feeling unsettled at the moment, as we talked about at the top of the show. Okay, so things come up, things that you don't like, things that you want to kind of get rid of or you want to dispel. This is where jet is really great. Jet is a great stone or great, It's again, it's not a crystal. It's from fossilized organic matter. Um, but it is, it is something that's transited from the plant kingdom to the mineral kingdom. So a very wise stone indeed. Because it also has a connection and once had a life force, like we have a life force, it has a strong connection to us and it can be used beautifully for taking away our unwanted energies. So if you recognize that there's something that doesn't serve me and I want to let go of that, you can do the obsidian cutting or you can also just hold jet into your right hand or the hand that you write with, that would be right for most of us, and send that unwanted energy into the jet, and jet acts like a sponge. (laughs) Suckles it all up, kind of thing, and then leave the jet outside overnight to cleanse. Really, really potent, really, really powerful in that way. Now, there's another really cool activity that you can do with jet as well. And when you're working with jet, and this is great to do this April, while all these kind of energies of reflection and awakening and coming up and bringing things to the surface that we may not have given our full attention to that maybe we need to start doing. So what Jed encourages you to do is to carry it all the time and then to kind of reduce your contact with other people. So what that means is stop reaching out to people, stop connecting with people and just allow people to come to you. What this shows, because we're in such a yang society, a patriarchal society where we're told if we want something, go get it. So we're always chasing and pursuing in that and we don't actually see what is coming back to us so just pause for a second with jet take a week off just cut down who you contact and see who comes back to you see what comes back to you because remember the universe is always sending us what is in exact vibrational alignment with us so if you don't contact anyone and the only people that contact you are needy whiny draining people What does that say about you? Why are you not attracting vibrant people who care about you and want to uplift you and want to spend time with you and that type of thing? So Jet really helps to absorb and draw towards you that which in exact alignment with you. So it can be a really interesting lesson. So we're going to take just a short break now just to let you shake it off and refresh. And we're going to come back and look at a couple more crystals and then dive into some essential oils as well, which are all the crystals and oils of the darkness. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. Today we're looking at crystals and oils of the darkness. 
And what I mean by that is crystals and oils that support us to go and face our fears, to face those things that we've felt inhibited to explore, that we've repressed in our lives, that we've just, there's a fear around it. And anything that we fear has power over us and stops us from growing. So these give us strength in different ways. So we've already explored the different obsidians, jet and numite. But now let's look at, whereas numite has a very masculine energy, let's look at kind of a counter crystal for that with a very feminine energy, and that is black moonstone. Now when it comes to moonstone, you're probably most familiar with the white or rainbow one, but it comes in a whole variety of colors, including gray, brown, peach, and a rare green, as well as black. So black moonstone is associated with the new moon, but can be used at other times as well. And this really helps you to connect with that more crone or that warrior energy, especially of the feminine. That, you know, that women will fight for what's important to them. There is nothing more aggressive than you see a mother animal trying to defend her child. And, you know, we could probably even say that for humanity as well, for humans that a mother will do anything to save her child. And so there, there is that fighting mentality, that they do have that worry mentality of doing what's right for the preservation and fighting for that which you love, nurturing that which you love so that it becomes what it will truly become, whether it be a child, another life, or a goal. And so fighting for what you believe in is very feminine. Fighting for what you love is very feminine. That, that assertiveness, that power is not just a masculine energy. Now, the crone energy is seen as the elderly energy. It is a woman who has been through life and through her experiences of life has gained wisdom. And all of us, no matter what our age, have gained some experience. And we can tap into that experience. We can tap into that energy. We can tap in even to what we have experienced in past lives and draw that through with Black Moonstone and decide how we should tackle the future. Because everything works in cycles, everything just laps itself. And if we look at things slowly and go, okay, I got this. I know how to tackle this because I know what's happened before. And so black moonstone really, really helps with that. It's also a very protective crystal. It helps against things like psychic attack, which is basically when you feel that, you know, other people's negative energy, they're thinking negatively about you. And as that negativity goes out into the world, that's going to have a negative influence on you. And it can protect against that kind of thing as well. So black moonstone is a really great one to work with this month as well. For our fifth crystal of darkness, I wanted to throw a little bit of an unusual one in, but it's a really quite a powerful one. It's known as Azurine. Uh, it's spelled A-E-G-I-R-I-N-E. It's named after Azure, who was the sea god in Norse mythology. Kind of like a Neptune or Poseidon, that most of us know a bit more better. So this, first of all, it grows in these big, long kind of... Um, wands very similar to black tourmaline and this is the premier crystal for severing energetic cords like we were talking about before with that umbilical cord azurine is really great if it's been a long time and you really need a bit more power so you can use that one as well but what i also love about azurine is it really supports you in walking the fine line between individuality and conformity because on one side of the coin we wish to express who we truly are but on the other hand we wish to be accepted and feel included within the social circles of our lives. 
So Azurine is really good as you kind of find these bits that you've kept hidden and repressed and you want to bring them out in the world. You don't want to become a raving lunatic or an aggressive, you know, cow who tells everyone what they think, what you think of them all the time. That's definitely not that. Azurine's going to assist you in maintaining this balance, allowing you to remain true to your own personal convictions and morality but not, and not succumbing to peer pressure, while still establishing common ground with other people to build deeper connections. So um, if you have a detrimental mindset about your body or any kind of body dis, um, disfigurement, then Azurine also helps you remove that self-consciousness as well and to be really kind of proud of who you are. Um, as Azurine works to free you of all these restrictive energies, it also paves the way for greater self-empowerment, which this month is all about astrologically as well as it removes draining attachments to other people or the need to impress them, as well as the overwhelm from the demands and obligations of life that you start to feel, you know, you're going to start to feel more revitalized and present because you're not trying to be something that you're not. Um, if you're suffering from insomnia or, you know, if there's teenagers even who linger in bed all day, um, that will really, you'll benefit from Azurine as well on the bedside table. Um, any work where you're trying to raise spiritual energy and channel that towards a healing or a manifestation, Azurine really helps with that as well. And it's really great in grids or paired with other crystals um, to enhance their impact as well. Um, so really great at unifying groups. So it's a really powerful crystal. Where you may actually already have, some, you may have some Azurine in your collection, you know that, or you could possibly have some and not realize it in the form of Charite. Charite is a bright, vibrant purple crystal that's found in Russia. And often it has some black pieces in it. That's azurine. So, which is really interesting because chara is very much about finding your life purpose, finding your life's calling, and, you know, striving forward with that and being clear with that. And azurine helps to cut away those attachments of the past. So it's a kind of a dual crystal out with the past, out with what doesn't serve me, and moving forward in what does as well. So those are our five crystals that I'm recommending would be really great to align with this month. I may have hit the nail on the head with one, and you're like, ooh, that one. Or maybe you've got a couple in your collection, just start bringing them out. Again, remember that black crystals are all about empowerment and facing those fears. They're not about bringing in evil or any of that kind of thing. That's, you know, there, there's no place. For evil is, you know, good and evil is just basically constructive humans because humans are meaning-making machines. You and I both go see a movie. I love it. You hate it. Was the movie good or was it bad? It's just a movie, and we decide what it is. It's the same with life. Humans are always judging. This is good. This is bad. And so these crystals will help you to feel comfortable with what decisions and what feels in alignment with you and to have that own judgment. Right. Let's dive into some essential oils, shall we? And I've got five essential oils for you that, again, help us go into the caves of darkness and face our fears and grow as people. The first one is a fruit. Now, fruits are associated with the element of fire. If you've got my book, The Gifts of the Essential Oils, we break down the different parts of the plants and we categorize them into the different elements. And any essential oil that comes from a fruit is associated with fire, which is associated with transformation, exuberance, passion, and warmth. So the fruit oils, fruit essential oils, are dominated obviously by the citruses, which all take you into the light. That illumination, that joy, that fun, that gaiety. But there's two. The first one being black pepper. Doesn't bring change and transformation through going into the light. 
but going into the darkness, facing our fears. Black pepper is amazing for helping us find out who we truly are. It's really great to inhale, to meditate with, to aromatically dress in. It makes really nice natural fragrances, especially if you're looking for something a bit more masculine or yang. Um, it's really great for, you know, I have a couple of drops in a veggie cap. I also know people that have tried to quit smoking. And what they do is they get about 25 toothpicks, put it in a little metal container with a couple of drops of black pepper essential oil. Make sure the black pepper essential oil you're getting as well is recommended by the supplier that it's safe for you to ingest. Um, I love doTERRA's. That's the one I use. And that's what I have in my veggie cap. So anyway, metal container, 25 wooden toothpicks, couple of drops of black pepper, shake, shake, shake it all about. When you have a craving for a cigarette, pop one of them in your mouth instead. So really interesting, black pepper works really well with bergamot, which is one of the light citrus fruits. So it's kind of bringing in that balance of darkness and light. And often when we're trying to work away and bring something out of the darkness, we need something that is dark in energy to help us access it, but then something opposing to show us where we want to take it out into the light. I hope that makes sense. So black pepper allows you to see who you truly are. It really brings awareness of any masks or facades that you're playing. And remember that many of these masks and facades we've been playing, we've been playing since we were a young child, so we've kind of come to recognize them as ourselves. How do we know they're not ourselves? Well, it just doesn't feel right sometimes. You kind of feel like a bit of a fake or a fraud. And black pepper will start to bring that up by, if you work with it each day. And the astrological energy at the moment will bring that up as well. So that is a really powerful oil to work with. And I really, really love it. Now, the other fruit of darkness is juniper berry. And juniper berry is one of my favorites for conquering fear. Whereas black pepper brings out who you truly are, juniper berry allows you to find out who you are by, facing, by confronting your fears and seeing what you're capable of. Juniper berry is a third eye chakra crystal, uh, sorry, essential oil. It really helps to open up our inner wisdom, our inner guidance, our psychic abilities, our intuition, and all those things that maybe we've repelled or hidden in the past. It is also, I love, I'm actually drinking it as we record right now, I love juniper berry and water. So I've got some sparkling water with juniper, just one drop of juniper berry in it. Let me have a mouthful actually. of ASMR there for you. Um, so juniper berry is really great for cleansing the organs. Now remember, I did mention before that any, um, you know, when we have emotions, when we have feelings, when we have thoughts, if we don't express them, we repress them and they sit in our organs. So juniper berry helps to cleanse all that out. It's really great for empaths who tend to take on a lot of energy and through doing that, you know, feel drained and, and depleted in all that type of way. Juniper berry is great for cleansing and the tree has been burnt since Babylonian times in the temples of Inanna and Ishtar, the goddesses, ancient goddesses, to cleanse the space and bring magic back. So when there is fear, when there's something holding you back, juniper berry fires up and gives you the courage to face that by taking away all the things that are to be feared and realizing that there is only love and the darkness just needs a light shone on it. Our next oil is vetiver. Vetiver is gifted to us by the roots of a grass plant. 
doTERRA and many other people source it from Haiti where it grows so beautifully up in the mountains, in the high hills, at the high altitudes. When you smell the thick oil of vetiver, it smells like the earth. Some people go, yeah, it stinks like dirt. But I'm like, mmm, the moist, solid earth. Vetiver is amazing for sleep. And whereas lavender can support you or chamomile can support you to get a really good night's sleep, I refer to vetiver as the horse tranquilizer. Not only does it allow me to have a deep sleep, especially when I've had a really heavy day and I feel a bit kind of mentally shook, but it also increases my dreams and can bring up some revelations. And remember, when we sleep at night, the conscious mind, the monkey mind that dominates the landscape of our thoughts, shuts up. And so the more subtle aspects of our mind get a chance to speak. And so this month, pay really strong attention to your dreams. And putting oils like vetiver on your feet. Other oils that I find make me dream a lot are blue lotus, buddhawood, marjoram, and juniper berry. I should have mentioned that with juniper berry. Juniper berry is probably my favorite. All those can be really great. You can mix them all together even and see what kind of dreams you have and see why am I dreaming about that? Why is that playing on my mind still? What needs to be explored there in that type of way? Vetiver encourages stillness. It's great during the day to help you focus the mind. It's great at those quiet times throughout the day and the night when you just need to be still. And when vetiver comes up or if you're drawn to vetiver, I really want you to look at How do you feel about being still? Again, living in that patriarchal yang society where it's very go, 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 pursue, pursue, pursue. How do you feel when you're not pursuing? I know I become riddled with guilt when I take a day off and don't work. I'm like, oh, because I'm self-employed and I don't have set hours. I'm like, oh, I could probably do a little. There's always work to, I could work 24-7. There's always work for me to do. And there's guilt about that stillness. And I continue to work with vetiver to help me feel comfortable in that stillness. Because it's, you know, it's like our mind. There's this great little passage that says, it is like our mind is a glass of muddy water. And, it's not, and we keep shaking it throughout the day so it remains muddy. It's not until we become still and the mud can settle to the bottom of the glass. And that's when the clarity comes. I've met people in my life that cannot be by themselves, that cannot have silence. They must always put music on or have someone around or be talking to someone. Why? What would come up if it was just quiet and you're alone by yourself with your thoughts? Blending vetiver with lime really helps you get to the root of an issue, especially when you're feeling unsettled. So try combining two drops of vetiver and five drops of lime, anointing a little bit over the heart and putting the rest in the diffuser. And just see what happens. Remember we talked about it at the start, many of us feeling unsettled. Something's not right. Our animals, our pets know when something's not right. They're unsettled for some reason. We also know, but we tend to ignore that or try and band-aid or cover it up. Turn up the music. Go out, get drunk, whatever those things may be. And vetiver is for the brave who are brave enough to be still and silent and know thyself more and be brave enough to face what comes out of the cave to talk to you. 
Okay, moving on to our fourth oil is myrrh. So, you know, I was working with someone today who knows a little bit, of, very little bit about essential oils, comes and helps me with my crystal orders. And, you know, we've, I've got a course that starts next week called The Magical Life. We've still got a few spots left. If you're interested in it, reach out to me. Um, and we're doing gift, everyone gets gift packs with essential oil rollers. And one of the oils in one of the rollers, it was myrrh. And it's like, oh, that's from Jesus. That's where most people know myrrh. So myrrh and frankincense were two resins that were gifted to Jesus, apparently. Um, frankincense was gifted to him to represent the divine and life. And myrrh represents the end of life and death. Now remember, death is part of life. And death is all around us all the time. And I don't just mean people dying. Your body is dying at the moment. Cells are dying. But in order for them to die, new life is coming. When we go walking through the forest, what do we see? We see death. We see leaves on the ground decaying, fertilizing and bringing new growth out. Everything is there. So myrrh really helps you to um, deal with death, to embrace death, to accept death. You die when you go to bed at night. It's the end of a day. You die when you leave work because it's the end of your working day. When a relationship ends, when a job ends, when you move house, those are all deaths and myrrh helps you with that any kind of sense of remorse to deal with that and to accept that and embrace that. The other thing that myrrh is absolutely amazing for, and I had this amazing kind of like lightning bolt moment probably about a year ago now when I was smelling myrrh and working with myrrh and I started to smell smoke and burning and I was instantly transported back to the burning time when 9 million European women were killed, many of them burnt at the stake because they exhibited, or possibly were alleged to have exhibited, some kind of magical ability. So we would have lost a lot of great people that would have passed their skills on to generations to generations that would be serving us today. Not only that, but those that lived on and did pass on and kept on procreating and having families to the point that they are our great-great-great-grandparents of you know the past, they would have hidden because they knew if they showed any of these magical feminine abilities, it could end up getting them punished or even dead. So imagine during these times, women that had magical abilities quelling them. And if their daughters showed any magical abilities, what would they say? Keep that to yourself. We don't talk about that. Keep it hidden. And so when they had children, what did they tell their children? And what did they tell their children? And what did they tell their, their children? And so on, till we get to today. So when you think about our own parents, what messages did they give us about our magical abilities, believing our intuition, our gut feelings, our ability to manifest what we want, all those different things? Those are shells of what they used to be before the burning time. Over the next few weeks, I encourage you to sit quietly with myrrh and take yourself on a journey. Imagine you could go back and find those ancestors of yours. And maybe the aunts and the grandmothers and the friends of your ancestors that were the most magical and maybe were punished by death. And connect with them. Learn from them. Maybe give them the message that, no, please, pass that magical ability on. We need it now. And allow yourself to access that. Myrrh physically is an amazing healer. Great in the mouth for any wounds there. I love to use it for that. Or on the skin. 
on a metaphysical level, that means Mur is a great healer of our hurts, of the scars, of the pain. And she allows us to, again, through the smoke, step clearly through and bring out that feminine, intuitive power within us all. Again, regardless of what gender we identify as. So very, very empowering. But it goes through some really dark energy. The story of Myrrh was the story of a princess, Mira, who fell in love with her, um, her father, the king. One time, when all the other women of the city went away to celebrate a festival, she hid behind. And under the guise of darkness at night, she made love to her father. After making love, her father was curious who this mysterious young lady was, realised it was his daughter, was appalled and banished her from the city before he had her, you know, he threatened to kill her himself. So she wandered the earth, not knowing where to go, not knowing where to find a home, until she found out she was also pregnant from that night with her father. She did not want to bring her son into this world, so she prayed to the gods, please save me from this predicament. And so what they did is they turned her into the Murtry. Now the Murtry cries tears, and that's the resin that we get when she is injured. Mur teaches us that we all make mistakes, that we all have pain and we all have hurt inside, and that that can be healed. And she comforts us like a mother and helps us to move on. And it's really beautiful to work at this time. I'm going to finish off with the final oil, which is one of my all-time favourites. It just really resonates with my soul. Although its name is Black Spruce, it has a different energy in this realm of darkness that we've been exploring. Black spruce ignites things really powerful within us. Our sense of wonder, our curiosity about the universe that opens our eyes and tilts our little chin up towards the sky and looks at the stars and goes, wow, isn't the world beautiful? Isn't the universe amazing? Black spruce is amazing for supporting anyone studying mathematics, science, music, sacred geometry, anything that kind of works out how the world works because it ignites that wonder and helps with deeper understanding. Now, even if those topics are not of interest to you right now, black spruce can help you explore aspects of life that you're scared to look at because rather than fearing them, Tackle them with some curiosity. And although I've been encouraging you and challenging you to face a fear, especially of the full moon in Scorpio, guess what? You don't have to. You may, you may not. But the fear will always be there. And you can always deal with it next year, or the year after that, or next lifetime. It's all part of your evolution because the soul is immortal and you'll get it done eventually. But rather than fearing these things that need to be explored... Why not tackle them with curiosity? A young child does not know fear as much. They kind of learn fear. You know, they're putting their hands and their heads in everything. They know no boundaries. And black spruce really helps to reignite your sense of wonder. There's a Japanese word that's, I think it's yugen. 
And it's basically is that kind of feeling of awe that you get that the universe is just spectacular. So this is a really amazing one. And when I started working with Black Spruce on a regular basis, just to really get to know it, the mantra that kept on echoing my head was, the universe has my back. The universe has my back. So I really wanted to finish this episode talking about Black Spruce because as we go through this month, and all these other oils and these other crystals can help to bring up different things and give us the courage to explore things and go into those treasure caves. Black Spruce stands there. He's by your side, holding your back. In fact, the Latin name is Picea Mariana, and that Mariana is a reference to Mother Mary. And so it's like this celestial mother that's always there, always supporting you, no matter what happens. So all is fine. So hopefully the unsettled nature that you may have been experiencing or may have noticed in your relationships or just in your life is a bit better understood now. That I maybe brought a little light to that darkness that's kind of bubbling around inside you and you're like, what is that? Well, it's the heavens encouraging you to grow, to go somewhere where you're yet to go. And whether it be obsidian, numite, jet, black moonstone, azurine, black pepper, juniper berry, vetiver, myrrh, black spruce, or a combination of these oils and crystals. Know that as the heavens change how we feel, that here on Mother Earth, Gaia, Pashamama, there are offerings from the plant and mineral kingdom to support you, to guide you, because the earth is a land of fertility and growth. And she wants us all, she wants all her children to grow. Know that there is nothing to be scared of, and that the universe loves you. So enjoy the next couple of weeks. Remember the full moon and Pluto retrograde on the 27th. That's going to be a major day. And that's where you really want to hone in to your crystals and your essential oils. But prepare yourself. Don't leave it all to that day. Dive in. Enjoy this experience. For those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, this is a great time because we're diving into the depths of winter. We're heading towards Samhain, also known as Halloween in the Southern Hemisphere, when the veil between this realm and the other realms are at their thinnest. And we'll be able to connect with our guides, our angels, our ancestors, our teachers. This is a great time of learning as we go into those colder months as we go into the hibernation we'll be well equipped to deal and to grow so that we may come out in the spring brand new radiant beings it's time for us to go into our cocoon so we may emerge as butterflies and don't worry if you are in the northern hemisphere because this is all about finding that power that type, that energy of rebirth capitalizing on that spring energy that you're enjoying at the moment. Although I was speaking to a good friend who said, oh, it's still snowing in the UK at the moment, but you're getting there. The days are getting slightly warmer. So thank you for joining me. Dive into the darkness. Enjoy finding the treasure in the caves. Thank you so much for joining me on the blessed journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so that you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. 
Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram, as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.